You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has opened its doors for another day and another week, so it's time for the opening. And this morning I'm speaking to Nick Kunza from Sandham Private Wealth. How was your morning meeting this morning, Nick? Lindsay, morning, yeah. Um, no, just trying to set the tone as we do keep a bit of normality going, have a Monday morning sort of investment meeting. Um, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's uh, given what the markets are doing, we're expecting a positive open, which we're seeing. Although there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a word of warning uh, from our investment officer, if I could read it out to you. Please do. Um, he's, he says, the gulf between a buoyant Wall Street and a collapsing Main Street, which has perplexed many investors like ourselves for more than a month, was widened even further on Friday by rally in stocks, despite the biggest decline in U.S. payrolls history. Which I think it was very well put, and I think it sums up yeah. exactly like a lot of us are feeling right now. Exactly right, yeah. In other words, uh, what's happening to us, we go out and we say, well, actually, this is what's really happening. And then we go home and look mm. at our screens and say, but why is that happening? It's a strange mm. situation, mm. a strange atmosphere, don't you feel? It's a very strange atmosphere. I mean, our job is, as you said, to stare at our screens all day. I'm looking at asset prices rallying, and in fact, I mean, the S&P 500 is at the same level it was, I think, in November or September last year already, before we even started, when we were, when we were still talking about uh, Chinese trade wars with the Americans. Um, the NASDAQ is actually up on the year now, year to date, and it's not even that far from its all-time high, which, which quite frankly, to try and marry that with what we read about in the news, what we see for ourselves, you know, and I walk across the road to the shopping on the weekend, the shops are empty, it doesn't quite equate and, and, yeah, as I said, that, that expression, that gulf between Wall Street and Main Street is, is, is never been wider and wider even further on Friday. Um, I mean, those unemployment numbers that came out, I mean, they were catastrophic. They mm. could not have been worse. And, and I, you know, and I, someone said, yeah, they were a little bit better than they thought or something like that. But the worst time mm. monthly numbers have been this bad was 800,000 during the, I think it was either the after the recession or the, or the great financial crisis, one or the other. Mm. But, you know, when it gets to the point when we're talking 20 million, 22 million, or whether it's 14.3 or 16 point, I guess the point, Lindsay, I think it becomes almost, the number becomes irrelevant. It, we just, it's just so bad. I don't even think most traders even know how to react to it at the moment. And I think that's maybe why you're seeing a little bit of a, a little bit of a grand higher at the moment. But uh, I must be honest, we are, for the first time, we are a little bit, a little bit cautious here. We, we, we're thankful. It's been a nice bounce. Thank you. But uh, you might want to use this bounce to to just either put some hedges in place or insurance. I think we spoke about it last week, Lindsay. Yes. Um, but you're getting another bounce, another bounce today out of it. Yeah, it's just very peculiar because there's two things I'd like to point out now regarding coronavirus, COVID-19. We've got a little snapshot, a little window into what might happen when everything else starts to open up too soon, i.e. in the United States of America. Because in South Korea, they opened their clubs and their bars. And there was one 29-year-old chap that went to a couple of clubs, a couple of bars, because he was allowed to. The government let him do so. He allowed these establishments to open. And now they realize that he had it, uh, in other words, the, the virus. And they've had to contact or identify 5,500 people that they know were at these bars and clubs over a three, four day period when this chap was there because they've got this sudden spike in cases. This was this happened around about 10 days, two weeks ago. So they've shut them all down again. So you open too early and I'm sorry, it's not going to work. Germany, for example, their R number has risen to, I think, 1.1. The R number being the number of people that infect 
other people when they've got the coronavirus themselves. So in other words, if it's 100 people and the R number is one, then you infect another 100 people. Germany's gone to 1.1. And this is scary. It's too soon. You've got, to, mm. you've got to slow down. I know that people will say, Lindsay, well, it's not applicable to South Africa. Well, where is it applicable then? It's got to be applicable everywhere, I would have thought. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I guess this is, I guess this is the challenge that um, you know governments face. I mean, the market is effectively, I would say, a lot of the sort of euphoria in the market is, is every time you read about another, you know, another country potentially opening up and we're going to get back to normal as soon as possible. Um, I think that's a lot of a lot of too much optimism there. I mean, just, I mean, from this morning apparently. Um, you know, the, the UK is, is supposedly going to be changing their rhetoric and they're going to give a plan of how they open up. Mm. I see there was uh, McDonald's said they're starting uh, deliveries in the UK. I see Apple said, Apple said they're going to reopen some of their stores in America. It was, it was actually quite funny because I thought, well, that seems like quite good news. And then you read that they're opening up their store on the outskirts of Alaska. Nice. <laughs> so it's like it's like not really what the 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 busiest Apple store in the world opening up. They're going to put up their stores in America, but the small print was actually in Alaska. But um, uh, but there are certainly more countries opening up, and um, you know France. I see they're also going to restrict their lockdown rules. More cars on the streets and shops opening up, and uh, Europe as well. Belgium, uh, Switzerland schools are going back. So I think a lot of this is is going back. But then you, as you've just pointed out now. You've got to be so careful because if the stocks are running effectively, they've halved from where they were. So the MSCI uh, uh, World Index is made back pretty much a half of what it was. Um, but now, and that a lot of that balance was due back on how we're getting ahead of ourselves with this pandemic. But if we're going to have that effectively that uh, step back, like you, you pointed out in Korea and places like Germany, well, then it throws this whole thing up right out the water. So I think it's certainly a caution that's warranted this week. And just before we get to the markets, what's um, mm. what's the South African administration saying at the moment? Has, has there been any any developments very, over the weekend? Very, uh, very little, Lindsay. It's, in fact, there's a couple of memes doing the rounds with wanted signs or have you seen this man? And it's a picture of our president, Mr. Ramaphosa. He seems to have gone a little bit AWOL where he was quite good – uh, on the sort of the Thursday, Friday night slot, you know, he would start off, we we're looking forward to my fellow South Africans, he would start his slot. So we're, we're kind of be missing my fellow South African slot. And he's been a bit AWOL since about Thursday, two weeks ago. So not last Thursday, Thursday before. Um, so it's a little bit, a little bit perplexing. And, and I think the, the, the press is, as they are in South Africa, are getting a little bit edgy trying to figure out what's going on because uh, by all intents and purposes, you know, one and a half million people went back to work last week, Monday. And, uh, you know, the, the economy was opening up a little bit, but uh, it's gone a little bit quiet. And, we, and just as we've seen with um, with other cases spiking, we've had quite a big spike in the Western Cape, for example. Um, and interesting enough, there was a comment this morning um, from a couple of medical uh, professions who was saying the huge spike that they've seen in the Western Cape is literally they attribute that to um, – in the tourism uh, in January and February, just before we locked down, how many yes. sort of million people fly in, and that kind of makes sense. That's logical. Yes. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, from an essay point of view, uh, if anyone's seen our prayers, uh, let us know because she seems to have gone a bit awol the last ten days. Mm. I think there's some political problems in South Africa that we don't know about. Mm. I think there's some infighting. Um, but anyway, well, it would it wouldn't it never use a. I mean, the ANC would wouldn't use it. Would never use a good cross. It's got a waste. I mean, I'm sure there's some. God knows all the horse trading that's going on in the background. Typical. But anyway, 
Dollar Rand is 1829, British pound against the Rand is 2266, and the Euro Rand is 1981 with the Euro Dollar 10835. Uh, in the States on Friday, uh, the Dow Jones had a cracking session 24,331. Uh, the close, 455 points or 1.9% high. SP was at 1.7, NASDAQ was at 1.6% this morning in the Far East. Tokyo is 1.05% higher. Shanghai, unchanged. Hang Seng up 1.6, Australia's all-share index up 1.3%, and the Dow Jones futures up around about half a percent, with the S&P futures, which are liver, uh, up a third of a percent. They were up 0.6% when we started talking. They've now fallen a bit, up, but still up a third of a percent. And that uh, tells you, again, that gulf between the real world and the world populated by the masters of the universe who trade stocks, which to me is really peculiar. And surely it has to unravel. Either Main Street goes up or Wall Street comes down or a little bit of both. Uh, we'll discuss that in a moment. JSE mood this morning, but while I look at the Stock Exchange News Service, tentatively yeah. bullish. Yeah, fairly buoyant, up 148 points on the top 40, all share as well, up 138 points, quarter percent. Uh, a little bit of RAND, uh, RAND strength coming in this morning, though it has weakened, uh, I suppose, about 10 cents from where it was earlier, but it's still stronger nevertheless. But overall, a fairly a fairly positive mood. I mean, if you look at you pointed out what the um, Asian markets did. I mean, there are twenty there's twenty two indexes that I kind of keep an eye on in the mornings before I come in, mm. um, and all twenty two in the green. So I think that sums up quite a quite a positive start to the week. Yes, yeah, so let's have a look at. Um a few company results that have come out this morning at five past seven this morning, South African time. Vodacom Group Limited preliminary results for the year ended 31st of March. The share price up around about um, uh, 2%. So uh, they seem to be doing well. What did you think about that in your morning meeting? Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, I mean, the comments that came out, they said, obviously, they are a main beneficiary of people working from home, etc. And I think, funny enough, from a South African perspective, I think they were slightly higher on the on the earnings than the last quarter or whenever it was they guarded. Mm. So that was quite positively received. Um, I mean, anyone who's reporting almost a 9% rise in earnings, I think, is, in this environment is pretty impressive. Uh, obviously, they are in that space where people are using more of their services as we stay in lockdown. But overall, I think good set of numbers. And, these, and uh, you know, Vodacom are traditionally big dividend payers too, so strong cash flow, et cetera. So they're gonna, these are one of these shares, I think, that are going to benefit well, and you can see it this morning. Did they announce another a generous dividend? Uh, yes, final dividend of uh, four rand and five cents per share, which is pretty chunky. Yeah, it is. Uh, four rand and five cents. Group revenue up 4.8%. They added 5.9 million customers to serve a combined 116 million customers across the group, etc., etc. So, yes, uh, service revenue uh, grew by 2.3%, which is pretty skinny. But uh, nevertheless, the market seems to like it. Uh, anything that's positive these days, the market likes. Anglo Gold Ashanti, uh, market update report for the quarter ended 31st of March. It says here it's trebled its cash flow from operating activities and bolsters liquidity to $2 billion. And let's not forget that this is no longer... Longer a South African company. Mm. What 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 I, I quite like about hearing these sort of gold uh, miners report and and certainly some of the diversified miners too, is how much they sort of maturing as as sort of and I use it the expression loosely real companies. You know, back in the day, the gold bugs were the only ones used to play in the space, and uh, you know, unless you were actively involved in the industry, people didn't really take a certain look at them. Um, they were sort of punters stocks. But as the years have progressed and as the gold prices spiked up and the RAND has obviously got weaker, um, there's a huge demand for these shares, a huge demand locally, huge demand in the ADRs. 
interesting enough, if you look at their balance sheets, Lindsay, a lot of these these companies have really good positive cash flow and really good balance sheets. And, yes. and I mean, heaven forbid these guys are actually paying dividends. You know, you'd never heard of a gold company paying a dividend. They never used to make money. They've matured, haven't they? All of a sudden. They've actually grown complete. up. That's exactly it. Yeah. So they've gone from being, I guess, like speculative shares uh, and just for the sort of the tin hat brigade punters, they're actually now really well-run businesses with solid balance sheets and uh, all paying dividends. And as you pointed out in your intro here, I mean, really strong cash flow from Angle Gold Ashanti. Um, and and free, I mean, free cash flow of $94 million for a gold company. That's very impressive. So, yeah, burning burned quite well, very well. Yeah, that whole free cash flow focus was started by the former CFO who became the CEO, Srinivasan Venkatakrishnan, or Venkat as he's known, mm. and, and now he's gone to Vedanta uh, because he was, was doing such a go. good job That's there. That's an Indian, that Indian holding company, eh? Yeah, he's, he's, Vedanta, he's, he's gone listed, there. Think, yes, yeah. exactly right. And he started all that, and I think people have copied his wisdom. So he, he was a, he was their chief bean counter, and then he became the the, the man in the in the hot seat. And yeah. then, of course, people said, "Goodness me, this is the way to run a commodities company, not be speculative and and, and go berserk when the metal is high or whatever you're digging out the ground mm. is high." So yeah, very good. Well done to him. I think he's had a huge influence on the industry. Nice chap. Uh, what else we got? Life Healthcare Group up uh, share price up around about two and a half percent. What's happened there? Didn't really see much on that. What is the? Was there seven? Let me look. Was there seven? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was uh, ten past seven. Actually, they had their they had their numbers. I'll read it to you now. Life hmm. Healthcare's results came out this morning, and they said the following. It's uh, had a strong trading performance for the period ended 31st of March. The underlying business performance, excluding this, this, and this, and the implementation of this, this, and this, and it goes on and on. But anyway, revenue was up 6.8%. Uh, normalized EBITDA up 2.7%. Yeah, earnings per share, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's skewed by something. But, but anyway, it was, uh, it, it was up. But um, uh, normalized earnings per share... Uh, 12% better, so a good solid set of numbers, it says. And they also accompanied the results with a trading statement as well, but uh, not one that you really look at, Nick. No, not one that we look at as a house, only because the, the, it sort of doesn't tick a few criteria for market cap and, and the number of shares that trade. That's the only reason why. We have a lot of clients that are exposed to it, not very bullish on the share. Um, a lot of people thinking that, you know, these guys have, they're sitting with a, quite a big cash pile. Obviously, taking a punt on on what Mr. Joffe's uh, expertise will do in this environment, and I must be honest, if I was with someone with uh, Mr. Joffe's uh, investment prowess, must be looking as lips in this environment with some share prices where they are on the local bourse uh, and sitting with a nice cash pile too. But I think quite a solid set of numbers, yeah. But as I say, I can't speak for myself, but uh, a lot of clients really bullish on the stock. Interesting. We we were talking last week with David Shapiro about a company called Textainer, and the reason we look yes. at Textainer is because it's up and down all over TV. the place. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and because you've also been, uh, you and a, a few of your clients have been looking at logistics companies in the shipping mm. frame last week, and they've been doing very well. But Trencore just announced this, this morning that it's unbundling remaining shareholding in Textainer, and also is having a look at its JSE listing status. So that's probably why there's been a little bit of activity with Textainer over the last couple of weeks yeah i had to chuckle as that came across this morning across the wires and i was like ah, i'm sure we spoke about this a few weeks yes, ago we did. yes but uh there we go uh stating they're going to probably take out minorities and, and deed list um but i mean I, I think that's probably what you you know david shapiro and yourself and i spoke about this as well you're probably going to see more of more of the companies doing the same um who i mean these guys yeah i mean i don't follow them too closely but uh 
Interesting. Yeah, someone a someone a little bit ahead of the curve on that one. Or maybe they just had great instincts, Nick. To study the Sunday Times business section every Sunday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they're psychic. Let's have a look at the top five major movers on the JC Securities Exchange this morning. I've got Capco, Capital and Counties, up there nearly 4%. South 32 up nearly 4%. Process, that's nice. 3.6% high. SL Tile up 3.6%. Mass up 2.5%. On the downside, Vivo down 7.8%. Hammerson down 6.3%. Redefine down 4 and two thirds. Again, property's not doing very well at all. Fortress A embellishing that theme by down 4.4%. And DRD Gold down 3.1%. Anything else? you're seeing there no just uh interesting with with um with process and naspers uh for those who do follow the share i'm sure most of, of the listeners do they 10 cent are out with uh, results that time this wednesday so that's a keen one to watch mm. um and we did speak about that this morning on our on our, on our morning chat because uh 10 cents been a huge outperformer relative to the nasdaq over the last sort of 18 months um, so definitely one to watch there, and given given how how much the share is sort of keenly keenly watched in South Africa. So Wednesday about lunchtime, look out for those numbers from Ten Cent. Yes, um, headline in the business day today: uh, Oppenheimer's help prevent horse racing industry collapse. I mean, that's obviously to do with uh, Pumalela, uh, which was in, mm. in, in focus last week as, as more or less going under. The latest South African company to um, forecast woe. You know, I saw there was an interesting uh, in yesterday's Sunday Times. There was uh, talk about companies going under. There was quite the, the ex CEO of um, Comair, who recently stepped down. He was, in, I mean, he was instrumental over the last sort of decade, putting them where they were. And it was quite an interesting article, Lindsay, because he was saying he doesn't understand why they've gone into business rescue, because he says they own all their planes and they're relatively new. Yes. Um, and they own all the planes and the whatever they says they bought these planes outright when Iran was about nine or ten to the dollar. Uh, given where the Rand is anyway, the bottom line is you're saying like there's some of the parts, the business is worth a lot. They could easily revalue those planes or release them, et cetera. So it was a bit of a strange. Anyway, the end, the end result is the I mean, the, the article didn't leave me none, any of the wiser of why it's gone into business rescue, quite frankly. Yeah, I love the way that people say, well, you know, if you look at uh, this company, it's got so much property, uh, then it's uh, some of the parts is mm. this, but its share price is that. What a load of rubbish. You can't sell try, the property. Try, try and lease an aeroplane to someone at the moment. Try to sell, exactly. Try to sell an aeroplane right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> the, the, so the metals. Probably worse more. Yeah, exactly. An oversupply of residential properties on the horizon after lockdown. There's an article in the business tales. What do you mean an over after the lockdown? What do you mean? It's, there's already an oversupply. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and right. the other article, which is interesting, listed property the worst investment in 2020 by a country mile, 44 and a half percent off the index in 2020 so far. And again, we see mm-hmm. Fortress A and the other uh, a couple of other companies uh, under the cosh this morning. Goodness me, it's been horrible. Yeah, I know. It's been a tough space. And don't forget uh, listed property, the market darling for many, many years. And also paying you know, nice distributions. And they were sort of – everyone had them in their portfolio. And not only are they down 70 or 80%, some of them at their worst, they've also canceled that distribution too. So has not been a pretty period to own, uh, to own property shares for South African investors. After one hour, what are the JSE indices looking like on this Monday morning? 
Okay, so after one hour, it's actually we've come off the boil a little bit, but we're still nevertheless. We're in the green. So the JSC All Share is up uh, 0.2 percent, quarter to 100 points up. Uh, we're still holding at the 51,000 level, 51,091, the number there. And the top 40 up also 0.2 percent, 87 points firmer, 47,149. And if we drill down into the, looking at the different indices, on the upside, technology shares uh, led by the likes of NUSPAS, which you spoke about, 3.3 percent firmer. Energy shares. Is one and a half percent up. Telecommunications also bouncing nicely with Vodacom results up 1.43 percent. That index and on the downsides, the lag is today. Financials a little bit in the red, 0.2 percent down. And basic materials, I guess, with the stronger rand, that index down 1.3 percent. Nick Kunzrus and Sandland Private Wealth. He'll be back with me for the five o'clock shadow later on today after the market is closed. Uh, and that was the opening. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.